This is the East Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. East Idaho PrepCast, breaking down Districts 5 and 6, weekend, week out in the state of Idaho, here on IdahoSports.com. Brandon Bainey joined by Sean Kane. Sean, what's going on? Hey, not too much. Just been busy with uh, adult league softball, fall, fall season, two games in a row, kind of hard on the old guy, but you know. Doing my best, Aaron Judge, Judge out there, you know. Oh my gosh, you play <laughs> you play uh, slow pitch softball. What position do you play? Um, usually like first base. <laughs> they try to you know put the best players to make the most you know plays, and I I try my best. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know it's been a minute since I played uh, slow pitch softball, but they I, I usually play first base as well, mostly because I'm left handed, and that kind of limits where I can play, right? But... Yeah, it is a right handed league we'll just say that there's not there's not a lot of left out there in fact we tried to get someone um to join our team one day because we didn't have enough players and they were left-handed and couldn't find an extra left-handed mitt so he would like throw the mitt down and then throw the ball (laughs) it was pretty it was awesome it was like a younger kid he caught he would catch it and then he'd throw the mitt and then switch hands to throw the ball but yeah oh man not a lot of extra left-handed mitts hey you do what you got to do right oh yeah Speaking of teams doing what they had to do, let's dive right into it. Uh, last week, the 66th annual Black and Blue Bowl, Highland hosting Pocatello in uh, the annual football matchup. This was a game you and I were on the call for on IdahoSports.com. All the scoring was done in the first half. It was pretty crazy. Pocatello took the lead early on a four-yard touchdown run by sophomore quarterback Hunter May getting the start in place of the injured Drake Contreras. Um, From there, though, Highland gets two long touchdown runs. Well, not long, but two touchdown runs from Jackson Riddle, who finished with just shy of 110 yards, averaged 12 yards a pop, had two touchdowns. But second half, I mean, each team got like three possessions and that was it. That second half went by like that. And then we looked up and Highland had won 14 to seven, their uh, 12th win in a row in the black and blue bowl. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, both teams would have drives and a lot of them got hampered with penalties. I think Jackson Riddle might've had, you know, close to like 170 yards. If it wasn't for a couple penalties that brought back some really big runs. So um, both teams were able to drive it. Just no team was really kind of able to put any points. Uh, a couple missed field goals too, I think, from each side, and just no, just not a whole lot of offense. They'd get down kind of in the red zone, but couldn't couldn't finish either penalties or just the defense stiffening up. Yeah, and we talked about you know coming out of it for Pocatello, disappointing that they lost again to their rivals, but considering that they were throwing Hunter May in at quarterback for just the second time in his career. To only lose 14 to seven and have a chance, you know, late in the second half to win it. I, I thought that was a pretty good showing from the Thunder. Yeah, they they definitely had opportunities in the second half, too. They went to a lot of uh Reich and Echo Hawk kind of being the you know the quarterback, but more of like a, a wildcat cat formation too. So they would have Echo Hawk out there, and then if it was third and long, they'd bring Hunter May back in. And he, you know, he's he's an athletic athletic guy, he can cut across the field and make some moves and um, just probably needs more on the field um, time for some of those throws and timing things. That's what I kind of notice is that timing isn't there. But I mean, that's a lot to ask for for a sophomore quarterback against a Highland defense that is always really good in the middle, you know, with the linebackers. So very tough outing for him. 
Yes. So Highland gets the win 14 to seven. They move to two and two on the year. Pocatello drops to two and two as well. So both teams have the same record. Um, and obviously the, the big story was Pocatello quarterback Drake Contreras missed the first game of the year, st- uh, still recovering from a broken leg. He suffered earlier in the summer um, Friday night, last Friday, you know, he, he was in a, a boot, basically a walking boot, some sort of foot injury. Uh, hopefully he's back soon because he, he's a dynamic player for pokey. I mean, they're two and zero with him. Oh, and two without him. So hopefully yeah. he's back soon. Um, and I don't know if you saw this or not, Sean, but Jackson Riddle, the great Highland running back who was our Idaho sports.com player of the game. He was making his season debut after missing the first uh, three games with, with a collarbone injury. He actually re-injured that collarbone oh, no. in the game on Friday night. And I think he may be done for the season now, or, or at least it's, it's going to be a while again before he's back, which is just awful because he played so well. Yeah, he's uh, he's was definitely the difference maker for Highland that game, and you could tell the offense was much more potent when he was on the field, whether just having to account for him and opening up some other things. So, you know, I mean, that's that's going to be tough for Highland, but Highland had a bunch of different guys that could get in there and run the ball. So, I don't think they have a lack of um, capable ball handlers, but I obviously you'd love to have Riddle um, back there this weekend, especially because they're traveling to. Um, meridian to play correct and that will be a very difficult battle for them yes that'll be uh, a fantastic matchup a game that we will have for you on idahosports.com audio only broadcast at meridian those meridian schools uh, we, we can't go do video like we can at the pocatello schools for gate city game night so um audio only friday night highland fans can tune in and, and listen to that game at meridian yeah here's the tweet jackson riddle put this on twitter yesterday he said started my junior season with a broken collarbone first game was friday night amazing night proud of my rams unfortunately i rebroke it heartbroken bigger better and stronger next year so that certainly sounds like season ending injury yeah, he, he's probably not going to come back after that, and you want that thing to heal, and so you can play a full season. You don't, you know, you don't want that injury to keep popping up, and it's it's probably not worth it at this point. Definitely. So now for Highland, they kind of go back to what they'd been doing the first couple weeks of the year, where Kai Callen will get some carries at running back. Uh, Mason Fulmer will play both ways again. He, I think, he only had two carries on Friday night. Yeah. Um, he'll he'll have to be counted on to play running back again this year. So it's a Highland team that maybe doesn't have the depth that we're used to seeing in years past, but man, that top end talent is still so impressive. And so for Highland, yes, they go to Meridian Friday night. That will be a very interesting contest. Pocatello travels to Thunder stadium to play Hillcrest, um, a Hillcrest team that yes, they're one in three, but they were very competitive um, in the, in their last couple of games. You know, they, they only lost to Blackfoot 21 to six. I mean, the pieces are there for, you know, if, if Hunter may is starting again for Pocatello, I think it's it could be a pretty close battle between these two teams. Yeah, uh, Hillcrest is, you know, they're they're a tough team. They're kind of under the radar because I, I feel like that conference just has so many potent teams. So I think Hillcrest, you know, the right situation and and the the games they've lost have it's just kind of been things at the end that they haven't been able to finish. And that's a you know that's a team that's coming into their own, and it's going to be one game they're going to figure out how to finish the game, and it, you know it could be this week. 
definitely. Uh, let's let's move on to the 3A ranks where, again, Idaho's teams are <laughs> really excelling, uh, Southeast Idaho's teams. Um, there's one team in the entire state of Idaho that is 5-0, and and it's the South Fremont Cougars because they're the only team that has played every week, including week zero so far. Everybody else has only played four games. There's a lot of undefeated teams still, but South Fremont is the only team that can say they're Five and zero. They beat Jackson Hole, Wyoming last week pretty convincingly, thirty-four to fourteen. Bryce Johnson was sixteen of twenty-two passing for one hundred seventy-three yards and two touchdowns. He also rushed for a twenty-yard touchdown and a thirty-three-yard touchdown in the second half to put the game away. Um, the Cougars, you know, veteran coach Chad Hill. They, you know, it was only two years ago that they were in the three A semifinals. I think this is shaping up to be a really nice season for them. Yeah, that's a that's it's a tough team. They're in a tough conference as well, and you know, don't sleep on South Fremont. I I think they were what ranked third, maybe. I just caught the the coaches poll, but I think people are not you know probably giving them as much credit as they deserve. But that's an impressive win. That Jackson Hole team's been a good team in the past, and yeah, it's, it'll be interesting to see how how the conference play finishes up for South Fremont. Yeah, and again, this entire conference is a combined thirteen and zero. South Fremont is five and zero. Sugar Salem is four and zero. Teton is four and zero. I mean, something's got to give. They're going to start playing each other in October. Um, but but when you look at uh, South Fremont and people are dismissive, I guess because really they've had two games where they've really put the opponent away, right? They beat Salmon 49 to nothing. And then this win over Jackson hole, the other games have been tight, right? They beat Aberdeen 21, 14. They beat Timberlake 18 to 14. And they were the first team to play Wood river in Wood rivers, uh, adventures at the three, a level. And they won that game 20 to eight. Um, and yet I would say it doesn't matter how many points you win by a win's a win. Five and no, zero is five and zero, right? No one's gonna ask you how many you won by if you win, right? At the end of yeah. the day, if you're holding the trophy, you're holding the conference trophy or that state trophy. No one cares if it's a half a point. I mean, you're gonna take it. And teams to find a way to win, find a way to win in the postseason. Yeah. So I, uh, you know, I South Fremont, um, they look pretty good. They're gonna play Snake River on Friday. That'll be an interesting matchup. Um, the Panthers are two and one. Their loss was to Kimberly earlier this year. And we'll talk about Kimberly and Marsh Valley real quick um, in just a second. Uh, Sugar Salem had a bye last week, so they were off. And then Teton shut out Salmon 55 to nothing. Um, Jack Nelson threw five touchdown passes. Three of them went to Thomas Hoosevelt. Uh, Ashton Gunther ran for a touchdown, caught a touchdown. Ty Brown caught a touchdown. Luke Nelson ran for a touchdown. Jerem Hoosevelt returned an interception for a touchdown. This is a Teton team that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. They have beaten a lot of the same teams that South Fremont has beaten. They've got wins over Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and Salmon. Um, They beat Marsh Valley in that wild game, 41-40. to But otherwise, their other three wins have all been blowouts. Yeah, and and we talked about it last week. You could, Teton's a team that could go 5 or 6-0, and and they've already they're four and zero right now, and we we talked about them that you know they're they could potentially they're going to be undefeated before a matchup maybe against Sugar Salem or South Fremont. So yeah, they've got a very good coach up there, first year head coach, Coach Joyce, who formerly was the coach at Jackson Hole in Wyoming. Um, he, he's done a phenomenal job with that program. They play American Falls on Friday um, in Driggs. 
I, I think they win that and they're five and zero ahead of a game with snake river. So <laughs> snake river, all of a sudden is going to play South Fremont and Teton in back-to-back weeks. That'll be an interesting stretch for the Panthers. Uh, how about this game? Marsh Valley came into the matchup last Friday, winless Kimberly came into the game undefeated and it's Marsh Valley who wins 53 to 40. This was a shootout. Uh, Bradley Belknap, who uh, made the move from running back to quarterback this year for Marsh Valley. He rushed for two touchdowns, threw for two touchdowns, kicked the 25 yard field goal. Um, Marsh Valley's defense returned a fumble for a touchdown. Um, this was an impressive win for the Eagles, their first one of the year. And you have to start somewhere, and they still have both of their conference games still coming up. So this is a Marsh Valley team that's maybe figuring it out. Yeah, and it's something I talked about is I, I felt the Marsh Valley team was it was really good. And I thought, you know, they were they were gonna start winning games at some point. And I mean, you're you just like you said, the Teton game 40-41, that goes either way. Um 20 to 46 against Westside is not a bad score. A lot of times Westside beats teams 46-0. So um that don't let that score send you in the wrong direction. But yeah, I, I felt Marsh Valley, they're they're kind of good in everything this year. They've just got a lot of good athletes and and they play uh Sugar Salem or next week. So that will be a definitely a measuring stick for them. So yeah, that's that's on Friday night. Marsh Valley goes to Sugar Salem to to play the diggers coming off the bye. That'll be uh, a fantastic matchup for sure. Um the 2A ranks, uh, the, the game we've all been waiting for is this Friday night, Sean, Westside at Bear Lake. Um, Westside 3-0, Bear Lake 3-1. and um, Can somebody knock off the Pirates if it's going to be someone? Uh, more than likely Bear Lake, although Aberdeen has also been playing very well this year. Um, so we'll keep an eye on that game later on in the season. But Westside at Bear Lake uh, promises to be a pretty entertaining one. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, Aberdeen beat Soda Springs 56 to 19 this past week. And yeah, but you know, Bear Lake and Westside, it's kind of always has comes up to be a, a big game. And lately Westside's made it not that big of a game and this year might be the year. So uh, I mean, we'll, we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> definitely. Um, let, let's go back up to district six. There was a lot of like really close um games in district six last week uh you had ryrie beat american falls 25 21 you had west jefferson beat malad by a touchdown 21 to 14 uh on idahosports.com shelly knocks off blackfoot 35 to 28 uh kind of a cool twist the the broadcasters for that game josh magali and matt kelly gave the idahosports.com player of the game award to the entire shelly offensive line um, because they rushed for almost 400 yards as a team, didn't allow any sacks on the night. That was a big win for the Russets. Um, again, I think people have really been underrating Shelley. Yes, they're one and three. They've had a very tough schedule to start the year. Um, and then this this game was wild. Idaho Falls and Bonneville. Did you see this game, Sean? Yeah, in overtime, right? So <laughs> Idaho Falls, who's kind of been struggling moving down to 4A, comes away with a wild 22 22- the 21 win i yeah <laughs> so um kind of an odd scoring game um in the third quarter bonneville gets a touchdown and they run the swinging gate which um for listeners or viewers that may not know it's a formation where basically lined up on the ball um 
basically is the center of the quarterback and like a wide receiver, right? And they're kind of offset away from the rest of the offensive players. And it forces the defense to come out and cover those, those guys. It's kind of a gimmick, right? Very often the, the three players that are on the perimeter then come back to a normal formation. But anyways, Bonneville ran the swinging gate and, and got the pass complete. They, they succeeded in, in getting the two point conversion. So it gets to overtime where we're in overtime. We're tied at 15 all uh, in overtime. Idaho Falls gets the ball first to start the overtime period, and they score in pretty quick order. The Tigers end up getting um, a rushing touchdown from um, uh, I'm trying to find it here. Or excuse me. They, they, uh, they get a pass from um Fetter to Watkins. Kale Fetter throws it to Easton Watkins for a 10-yard touchdown. Um, so Idaho Falls leads 22-15. Bonneville then gets the ball. They answer with a five-yard touchdown run from Anthem Dalkey, and they decide to go for the swinging gate again. They're going to go for the two-point conversion and the win. This time the pass falls incomplete. Idaho Falls gets the one-point win. <laughs> just the wild ending. Um, but I have to say, just you know, for overtime, I, I like the high school overtime giving each team the ball at the 25 and or, and doing that and i think that it just makes a very exciting ending and so much so often it comes down to that team that decides to go for two you know either you win it or you don't obviously but uh yeah i what are you gonna do i mean that was wasn't it was blackfoot last year that won five or six games by one point so <laughs> i mean it's a wild way to end the game, but you know, good job for Idaho Falls to get the win. Yeah, well, and and last year in the 3A championship game, right? Sugar Salem goes for two in overtime, and they don't get it. Brett Spencer of Weezer comes up and makes that tackle right at the goal line of Carson yeah, Harrison. Yeah. yeah, Sugar doesn't get it, and Sugar loses the, the 3A championship. They're still mad about that up there, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> They're very hard, motivated. That's a hard way to lose, yeah, but you yeah. know. I like it gives you a chance to for people to make a play either on the offense or defense. Someone's got to come up with something. So that's an exciting way to end the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, let's talk about uh Wes Jefferson ends up uh getting that 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 tight win, like we said. Uh they end up defeating um they end up getting the win over Malad 21 to 14. But this was kind of a cool story, like away from the game. So um, there's a new coach at West Jefferson this year, Kip Blanchard, uh, first year head coach has done a nice job of kind of, um, reinvigorating the program a little bit, you know, West Jays two and two on the year. They did make the playoffs last year in the two a ranks, but they were bounced in, in the first round. So, um, they did a fundraiser at, at the game on Friday night in Territon. Basically, um, they made the announcement that everybody who wore a West Jefferson, you know, shirt and hat to the volleyball game that happened earlier in the week would receive a raffle ticket. And so um, the the raffle was drawn uh, at the football game. And check out this prize package. A dozen cookies from Crumble, a $50 gift card to Jaker's, which is that's a nice restaurant, Jaker's. Um, and you got a $50 gift card to Cabela's. That might be the coolest part. So That's so, a date in Idaho. And that is right. <laughs> Cabela's, Jakers, and cookies. Wow. Yeah. So, so camo, soft... <laughs> camo, and cookies. Software. That's going to be the title of the episode. I'm writing it in right now. Camo and cookies. That's good. Um. So sophomore Boone Burtonshaw ends up 
having his name drawn. So he wins that incredible prize package. And then there's a, there's an added twist at the football game where after the game, he gets to trot out and attempt a 25 yard field goal. And if he makes it, he gets 500 bucks on top of all those prizes he's already won. So what's he do? Of course, he goes out and nails it. So this, I mean, what a night for Boone Burtonshaw of West Jay. I'm just thinking it's like, you know, the price is right when the person wins the the thing with all the stuff, right? The car, everything. You know, he got he won all the prizes betting $1. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um so it it was a really cool gesture by Kip Blanchard um to say, you know, it's great that you come support the the football team on Friday nights, but hey, We've got a volleyball team that is like rock solid as well. You know, West Jay's volleyball team is very solid. Um, Jordan Torgerson uh, is, a, is a fantastic player, and, and they've got so many great ones. So this was kind of cool for him to say like, hey, you know, come on out and support our volleyball team as well, and let's show them some support. You know, we're all in this together. I thought it was a really cool gesture by Kip Blanchard, the West Jay head coach. Yeah, that's great. Um, if I would say some of the most fun games I've been to are – volleyball games where the football teams of both of the girls teams have come out and they're you know there'll be like 30 40 guys and they have you know pretty much no idea what's going on but they're just cheering and cheering for their teams and it's it's hilarious <laughs> and they gets the girls pumped up and because you know all those girls go and watch the football game so that cross support is just key to your community and, and building all that greatness Definitely. So yeah, that volleyball match was the Thursday night before the football game. They played North Fremont and lost three to two. But um, the fact that they were able to push North Fremont to the fifth set, uh, encouraging for uh, Coach Raquel Tor- Torgerson and and West Jay's um, volleyball program. So that was pretty cool for the Panthers of West Jay. Um, this week, the Panthers, um, you know, we're finally getting into the part of the season where we're in the conference play, and West Jay will travel to North Fremont. Uh, on Friday night to take on the undefeated Huskies. So that'll be a a good test for West Jay coming out of the gates here uh, in conference play. Um, We've got uh, a slew of games set up for you on East Idaho game night on idahosports.com this weekend, Friday and Saturday. Sean, let's preview those matchups really quick. Um, First of all, it's not technically East Idaho game night um, because it's in the Magic Valley, but Butte County. In the eight-man ranks, we'll be traveling to Lighthouse Christian, so Pirates fans uh, from Arco will get to see Butte County take on Lighthouse. Butte County was off last week after their opponent bailed on them. Basically, uh, they were supposed to play Wilder, and Wilder said, yeah, uh, we're good. Um, we've got a lot of injuries, and we don't want to run into that. So uh, Butte County had a bye. Um and now they'll get to take on Lighthouse Christian. Have you seen their their new turf at Lighthouse? I I haven't I haven't been I haven't been there. I have driven by it, but it was a few years ago, so they did not have turf then. Yeah, they've got new turf, and it's like um, every ten yards is a different color. It's like a shade of gray, and then like blue, Ooh. and then gray, and then blue. It's yeah, it looks it looks cool. It's it's pretty cool. And fans, Butte County fans, will get to see it Friday night on IdahoSports.com. The uh, other East Idaho games, we already talked about Highland is at uh, Meridian as well. Not technically an East Idaho game, but it involves an East Idaho school. And then East Idaho game night. We've got Bonneville at Shelley. Both of these teams are one and three overall. Um, the winner of this game, I think, uh, really solidifies, you know, 
a, a playoff spot. We talked about how 16 teams get into the 4A postseason out of 24. Um, so whoever wins this game, I think, is going to finish high enough in the conference to to get there. Yeah, I, I yeah, I think so too. It'll be it'll come back. I think both these teams will look at and they'll have to look and see who won this game. That might just be enough to get one of those last few at large spots um in the conference. Uh, and their conference being so tough. But you know, who knows? I you know, Shelly, I thought last year was really good and this year they kind of struggle a little bit, but that's a huge win for them over Blackfoot, which is also just a really strong team this year. Yeah. So, and, and for Shelly, especially already being one and zero in conference play after beating Blackfoot. I mean, yeah, they get a win here. Um, you know, they can feel pretty good about their chances. The standings right now are skyline, Idaho falls, Shelly. They're all one and zero. Blackfoot's one and one Bonneville is zero and one. They just lost to Idaho falls in their conference opener. And then Hillcrest is 0-2. And they come in in two totally different directions, right? Shelly is feeling this this high after knocking off Blackfoot. And, you know, Bonneville's coming in feeling like, man, we had that game against Idaho Falls and we didn't couldn't finish it. And so, you know, can they battle back? That, that's yeah. going to be the big question for Bonneville. Um, the, the, the other uh, game we're going to have for you on Friday night is a non-conference game at the 5A level. Thunder Ridge is 2-3. Um, they're going to take on Middleton. How about this matchup? Middleton's going to travel all the way across the state to play Thunder Ridge on Friday night, and we will have that game for you live from Thunder Stadium. Yeah, I think that'll be a, that'll be a very interesting matchup. You have Middleton, who's moved up to the 5A, and and that's a tough conference up there in Boise. And you have Thunder Ridge that I feel like is is a team that's definitely moving in the right direction. Um, but yeah, I just... Uh, it will be a really interesting game. It's a matchup you don't see usually unless it's a playoff, right? So it's kind of uh, it's kind of something a little different. And Middleton, big offense, also uh, a leaky defense. So this could be uh, a high scoring yeah. affair between these two teams. And then Saturday night on IdahoSports.com from Ravston Stadium, Saturday night, seven o'clock. It's the Emotion Bowl, Idaho Falls and Skyline. What a, a fantastic game these two teams had last year, if you'll recall. It was just a wild back-and-forth battle. Idaho Falls ended up pulling it out late at the end, 38-34. to 34. And um, because of that, they got to paint the goalposts orange. Whichever team wins the Emotion Bowl gets to paint the goalposts their colors, and it stays that way for a whole year until the next matchup. So those bad boys are orange right now. Skyline wants to turn those back into blue. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I have a, a friend who he's a Skyline alum, and he's already ordered his tickets online. So the tickets are already selling for, and he's like Saturday. And um, do you know why it's Saturday, or is that just is that a new tradition for them? I just I couldn't quite remember if it was something why it was Saturday or not. But kind of a, a fun experience to get a a Saturday game in, and Skyline's no a team known to they would definitely go play in the mini dome if they could they like to they like to move and shake it to different places for sure they're known to do that to prepare themselves for some postseason runs definitely uh yeah i'm not sure why it's on saturday night except for you know maybe it, i mean the stage is a little bigger right it's the only game going on um yeah i don't know yeah. could right. could could be a referee thing as well right that's Can't, true a lot, yeah. a lot of games are getting moved um now because there's not any officials left 
because crazy parents are driving them all away. <laughs> but that's another topic for another day. Scott Burton and I actually yeah, did it. I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. On the, on the Magic Valley Prep Cast, which is our District 4 podcast, if you want to tune into that. We, we talked about that, but um, yeah, Emotion Bowl, Saturday night, IdahoSports.com. The big dog, our boss, Paul Kingsbury, is coming up to Ravston Stadium to broadcast that. A, a game like that, you got to go with the Chiefs, bring, right? Bring in the suits, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, so yeah, that'll be a fun one on Saturday night as well. Um, let's, let's wrap up with some volleyball and soccer talk. Real quick, volleyball, this wasn't on our rundown, Sean, but I wanted to point it out. Um, Westside has been pretty much the consensus number one team in the state for two a volleyball this year in terms of the polls Malad beat them last week. So that was a big victory for the dragons. Did it vault them up in the, in the coaches poll this week? No <laughs> West side still ranked ahead of Malad. So I don't, I don't know. You tell, you tell the me Malad's tip, you know, a historically really good at volleyball. They've won some championships. Um, you know, the dragons are always a good, they have a very long, I'm pretty sure a long time coach there in Malad and, and they've just always been really good, but, yeah, volleyball is one of those weird sports. You know, the tournaments don't count now towards that ranking. And I, I don't it's it's sometimes hard to quantify some of those wins because sometimes a team will go to a tournament and lose to all these teams and then they'll go to state and win state. And um I, you know, I don't know the ins you know what it takes to do that, but sometimes that happens. I think volleyball is if you get hot at the right time or your sky sky view or whatever, then you win. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Malad has won eight volleyball championships yep. in, in school history, um, which is pretty darn impressive. And again, for Malad's volleyball team, uh, I thought that was such a big win for them. Cammy Tripp is the volleyball coach yep. at Malad, and she's been there a long time, and she's, she's one of the best. So way to go, Dragons. That was yep. awesome. And then the other volleyball was Bonneville wins the Bonneville Classic in Bonneville. Yes. And, and it was the 30th, the 30th Bonneville Classic. So 30 years of this volleyball tournament. And they won the invite and they, they took down Eagle uh, 25 to 20, 25 to 20 in the championship match. And there was 18 teams there. And that was a big a big win for Bonneville. You know, we talked about some of the other teams, Thunder Ridge, Rigby, Madison, that, that kind of Northern East Idaho area has just some lights out volleyball. There's not a bad team The night in and night out. I don't think they're getting bad matchups, which just makes the, all the teams good, right? Playing good matches all the time. Yes. Eagle is the favorite in the five, a Southern Idaho conference, five, a district three, that big Boise league. They are the number one team in the 5A coaches poll right now for volleyball, Madison is number two. So for Bonneville to beat Eagle, the top team in 5A, I think says a lot about their program. They they are something to watch for sure. Yeah, that, that's definitely a big uh, hurdle to you know get over. You know, just to get get that win at your own tournament and then to also beat a, a top 5A opponent. That's just going to give you the confidence to keep going. But that 4A. That 4A and 5A up there, those are some tough districts. And, you know, you just have to see how it pans out and how they seed it. I think we'll, I think the seeding for volleyball at state is just going to play just in a, a really important role this year. Definitely. And, you know, Idaho Falls has been playing really well this year uh, in volleyball as well. And, and Bonneville, you know, they just swept. We're recording this Wednesday night, September 21st. Last night, Tuesday night, Bonneville swept Shelly 3 nothing. They got back into conference play. 
Um, they've got a freshman, Shayla Belknap, um, who's just been playing lights out. 12 digs, five kills, and an ace last night. And then Ava Arfman had 10 kills and two blocks. Um, yeah, this this Bonneville team is legit and for real. And like we said, Skyview is kind of the, the 800-pound gorilla in 4A volleyball. But, man, it's going to be fun to watch everybody try to knock Skyview off that perch for sure. Yeah, I think you're going to have a lot of just the, it's going to be it's going to be fun. A lot of good matchups. And I mean, there's still a lot of volleyball to play. So we'll just see have to have to see how it pans out. Definitely. All right. And then um, I just wanted to kind of take a snapshot at, um, you know, soccer and w- what's going on with the standings there. It's been a while since we've, you know, really broken down what's going on in soccer. So so for 5A, Thunder Ridge is playing phenomenally well they're 10 and 0 and 1 they've got one draw on the season that came against hillcrest they they tied 1-1 and otherwise they haven't been beaten once this year they've only got three matches left in the regular season yeah they're they're super tough um i know the century boys played hillcrest tonight and they tied uh hillcrest tonight 2-2 on wednesday night and oh wow okay breaking news (laughs) and they're and and one of their players told me hillcrest is good (laughs) he's like hillcrest is one of the best teams to play and i believe centuries played thunder ridge too and lost oh two um and they were and that was at the start of the season but yeah and then and idaho falls has also got a nice boys team i think they're ahead in the standings right now so hillcrest and idaho falls will be tough teams in the in the foray rankings up there Yes. So in the four in class four A boys soccer, you've got a log jam at the top where Idaho Falls is is eight and two overall, five and one in the conference. Blackfoot is five and two and one overall, four and one and one in the conference. And then Hillcrest, like you talked about, four and two and three overall, three and one and one in the conference. So those are those are three teams that'll be battling for two bids to state. Um, that'll be a fantastic battle to watch those three. And then uh in district five, it's really centuries district, right? They're seven and one overall three and oh in the conference. Um, looks like they're going to. Yeah. And the other night they beat Pocatello five zero. And so that was a huge win for them after just being them one zero, but I do have to give a shout out. One of my favorite coaches in the state is Blackfoot's soccer coach. He's also their baseball coach, Liam. He's awesome. So he, I really, I, he's, he's a great guy to talk to like English. He has got like the classic English accent for a soccer coach. And I don't know if you've ever met him, Brandon, but no, <laughs> he's great. So I always see him. And then sometimes we're in the same hotel um, for, you know, when they're doing baseball and we're doing tennis and he just asks me all kinds of questions, but just a cool guy. He's just a really kind of a, a unknown gem, I think, in, in southeast Idaho. But he does a great job on the soccer and the baseball. Yeah, Liam Pope uh, is the uh, the boys soccer coach at Blackfoot. And um, yeah, he's he, he's a good one. Blackfoot's always right there in in the mix for sure um 3a soccer really the story is um up north sugar salem is the defending 3a champs right they're 10 and 1 overall 1 and 0 in conference play it's only a four team uh conference so uh they'll finally start playing their conference matches their only loss was to shelly they lost 3 to 2 um, and otherwise you know and then they they beat shelly in the rematch 3 to 1 so they atoned for that and then um, Teton got to the championship last year in boys soccer and they're off to a six and oh in one start. So those are definitely the two teams in district six to keep an eye on. And in district five, it's really American falls. Again, they've kind of had a stranglehold on the, on this district the past couple of years. They're seven and three and one overall three and oh in league play. 
Yeah, and what I saw there was Teton and American Falls did play, and that game was a tie one and one. So that's that's pretty telling there. And uh, yeah, Teton, because you know, three A soccer has always historically been Sun Valley, right? Sun Valley kind of has wrapped it up, and then last year you had all kinds of kind of upsets in the three A, and it was pretty exciting to watch. And the South uh, Southeast Idaho teams are they're gonna they're gonna be tough in that in that bracket. Yes, um, it's it's going to be fascinating to watch the the postseason soccer tournaments because there were so many wild upsets last year. First time they had used the max preps rankings, and we we had a couple eights beat one seeds. Um, we had an Was eight it seed. Chalice? Well, so so the funny thing is Sun Sun Valley Community School, um, their boys soccer team was the three seed, and they lost to Kimberly the six seed right away. And then on the girls' side, it was flipped, where Sun Valley girls were the eight seed, and Kimberly was the one seed, and Sun Valley knocked off Kimberly. Sun Valley, as the eight seed last year, got all the way to the championship in girls' wow. soccer, which was, wow. was wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that very rarely happens, I think. So, I mean, I, we'd have, we haven't had the rankings for a lot of time, but, you know, you kind of have an idea of what, where teams stand going into it anyways, and it's very rarely that happens. I really think it comes down to those penalty kicks where, you know, the penalty kicks, you can basically throw it out the window. You could have a 10 and 0 team versus an 0 and 10 team. And if it goes to penalty kicks, it really could go either way. And so I think that's the big difference when you get into the postseason. They don't obviously do that in the regular season, but the penalty kicks, man, it makes it makes things wild and unpredictable for sure. So um, let's let's look at girls soccer quickly. 5A standings. Um Highland continuing to roll. They're eight and two and two overall, three and zero in the conference. Madison is lurking, six and three overall, two and one in conference play. Um, when they met in early September, Highland won eight nothing. The rematch comes this Saturday. Um, with the win, Highland can pretty much wrap up the regular season title. Yeah, that that's that's again another tough conference. But you know, Highland had a great year last year and kind of continuing to roll that this year. And Thunder Ridge is saying, you know, we're we're there, we're close. Thunder Ridge, you know, you look at their overall record and they're seven and two and three, but their league record is zero and two and one. They've just they just haven't been able to close it out. They've they've got all these great non conference wins over Hillcrest and Preston and Pocatello and but but they tied Idaho Falls three three early on in the season, and then when they got into conference play, they've tied Rigby two two. And then they've lost a pair of one goal matches to Highland two to one and Madison three to two. So I still think Highland and Thunder Ridge are the two best teams um, and Madison, maybe two and a half, but you know, for Thunder Ridge, they have to figure out a way to win these tight games and they just haven't been able to do that in conference play yet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, let's take a look at the four a soccer landscape for girls soccer. Um, up north or, or up north in district six up the north high for, county the high county conference yeah the high country conference uh bonneville five and one and two overall four and oh and one in league play idaho falls five and two and three overall four and oh and two in conference play and um those are kind of the two teams right bonneville idaho falls skyline is lurking i mean they're two and six and two overall but in league play which is what's most important they're two and one and two so skyline is kind of hanging around you know they've had a couple of they had a zero zero tie with idaho falls which was huge for them at ravston stadium um we'll we'll find out because we get into the second half of conference play really starting 
uh, this week. So we'll see what kind of separation everybody can find there. Yep. But, but Bonneville. Yeah, um, it's, it's really close. Um, Bonneville and it'll be, I think it'll be a tournament where you just, you know, like you said, sometimes the best teams don't win in soccer. It just kind of comes down to those endings. So that, that, that conference, you, you could see a lot of that maybe happening. Definitely. Um, Pocatello in district five, the thunder look really good. Eight and two and one overall three and oh in uh, conference play. They pretty much got district five uh, on lockdown there. The, uh, the lady thunder um, as they have been playing really well this year um, into the three, a ranks where it's a lot of the usual suspects. It's, it's uh, American Falls, it's Sugar Salem, and it's Teton. The Diggers are 11-0. They are undefeated still at this point of the season, 1-0 in conference play. Teton is also 1-0 in District 6. They're 4-1-2 overall. And then American Falls, 8-3 overall, 4-0 in the, in the district. Uh, just like on the boys' side, yep. it's Sugar, it's Teton, it's American Falls. Yeah, and yeah, it's not, not a lot of turn. They turn around there, but all the schools basically the same, and um, you know, it, Teton and uh, Sugar Salem, that'll be a, that'll be a, a, that should be a good game. And that's coming up pretty soon here on uh, the 27th. So be pretty interesting to see that because Teton is, or Sugar Salem is beating teams by a large amount, like 15 to 0, 12 and 0, 10 and 1. So um, it doesn't look like they've been tested really too much at all. So that game against Teton maybe will be their test. Yeah, that's going to be, uh, and they play Teton twice still uh, on the 27th in Driggs, and then the regular season finale, October 6th uh, at Sugar. So, um, yes, we will see. Right now, 3A Soccer has three teams statewide that are still undefeated, and they're all from three different areas, which means you could have three teams at state possibly that are undefeated. That would be really intriguing. Coeur d'Alene Charter from the north, Sun Valley Community School in the Magic Valley, and then Sugar Salem over in the East. And uh, of course we know Coeur d'Alene charter has been a really good program um, throughout the years as well. So I don't know that three, a girl soccer tournament I, might be the most intriguing. Yeah, it will be, it'll have to see where everyone kind of pans out with the rankings and kind of look at those matchups because it might appear on paper to not be a, a, a good matchup, but it, but it might be, there might be, you know, you might have to do some uh, Baney bracketology there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. And and as we turn the calendar and go to October, we'll start talking more about max preps rankings and figuring out where teams might end up on the bracket and that kind of stuff. But, you know, I don't want to bust out the calculator until until September's over. We got to get so. through those conference games. You know, you got to get through those conference games. <laughs> That's right. The picture's got to become a little more clear. So. Um, all right. Hey, that was pretty good. We ran through a lot. We touched on a lot of different schools. Um and again, if there's a team or a player or a coach you want us to talk about, you know, I got an email from somebody asking how come we don't talk about Thunder Ridge boys soccer ever. And I was like, you know, that she's right. You know, let's let's focus on boys soccer this week and kind of look at the standings and break down, you know, who's been looking good. And so, um, yes, keep keep sending those. Brandon at IdahoSports.com if there's a team or an athlete or a story you want us to talk about because we, we need your help, right? We, we're only two guys. We, we can't hit it all. Yeah, I had, I had one more thing that I, I oh, got yeah. in late. I, yeah. always have, I always have one little simple. You know, I'm the expert. <laughs> um, Highlands girls swim team won the Rupert invite this past week with 13 schools. So we haven't talked about any swimming. So congrats yeah. to the Highlands swim team for uh, taking the Rupert invite. That's so another, awesome. Another t another sport that we, we 
try to get to, but it's just there's so many in the fall. But congratulations to the Highland Girls swim team. Yes, and swimming uh, is uh, they're one of the first to hit the postseason. So um, we'll we'll definitely be talking swimming as as we ramp up for that. Um, is it still one coach for all three schools? Century, Highland, and Pocatello. I I don't even know where they swim. Right, there's no water at Reed Gym. I think they're back at the community. They were practicing at Ross Park, but all the high schools were earlier in the season. I do know that. Um, I, I think they might have separate coaches because I believe Karen is the coach at Century and I, at Homestead, and I don't know if she's the coach um, for Highland. They might have it separated now, but they were practicing outside, which, I mean, is great for the tan, but the, um, I, I'm guessing they've had to move inside to the rec center. But, yeah, there's not a lot of pools in the gate city we need gate city pool <laughs> improvement uh yes um during the pandemic uh i know that was a problem as well we I, isu completely shut down everything and so yeah you're right it looks like there's different coaches peggy kaiser is the uh swimming coach at century oh yeah uh for highland it's macy jordan and at pocatello it is karen homestead so homestead yeah i mixed them up sorry yeah no you're fine they um, all I, do like club swimming too and my daughter used to do it so Oh, cool. Yeah. Right on. Um, so, yes. Thank you, Sean, for bringing the swimming uh, uh, to the podcast as well, because they don't yeah. always get the attention they deserve either. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're back to having stayed in one location. Remember during the pandemic where everybody just videoed their did, they did the video one, too, where they, they sent in a video of them swimming. Yeah, they they did their own self-recorded times, and it was such crap. East Idaho got screwed on that big time because it's tougher to swim, you know, here as opposed to the Treasure Valley because of elevation and that kind of stuff. So it was. I'm it, sure the quality yeah. of the pool makes a, you know, your equipment, your facilities make a huge difference. So and obviously they're they're in the in Treasure Valley or not Treasure Valley, but Magic Valley or wherever, a little better pools. <laughs> yeah, right for sure so all right well that'll do it we'll uh we'll we'll swim off into the sunset i guess here <laughs> I, I have no yeah idea we'll be we, we won't we'll be going somewhere else this weekend so yeah we're gonna we're gonna be uh broadcasting in the magic valley um for minico against burley um that'll be a fun game uh as well though um but really no no games in pocatello this week everybody's on the road and a lot of good games up in District 6, though, including that Emotion Bowl on Saturday. Oh, Don't yeah. forget to tune in at 7 o'clock Saturday night. All right. Thanks for tuning into the East Idaho PrepCast. Everybody, enjoy the competition uh, this weekend. For Sean Kane, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.